1: The Counter, an
2: NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. Hello and welcome to the 78th episode of The Counter. It feels like we just started like two days ago, but we're on episode 78 already and Chris Corman is not here. Instead, we have Richard Johnson, who... Is a fancy ESPN guy now. He's on
0: TV. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. I am a long time listener, first time caller. Oh, I did. hey. You did Have that. you left a review?
2: A five star review.
0: Have you left a review on my podcast?
2: <laughs> I've left two reviews.
0: Yeah, you see, quiet now. Uh, <laughs> quiet now.
2: A review for a review. Well, both, uh, both of our well, podcasts are he, uh, both named after Running
0: Place. That is true. So
1: that is true. It's been duo and uh, The Counter. But we wanted to bring Richard on because, uh, in all honesty, we kind of forgot we had to record today.
0: Chuck texted me at, like, 12.15 and was like, hey, what are you doing, like, right now? And I, was like, I, I was like, I mean, you can give me to like, 1, but, yeah, I'll do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was just firing out Hail marys. I was like, uh, I was going to group chat. Does anyone want to record with us today? Uh, but we were able to nab Richard, which is good because, uh, he is a fan of a team that's about to pull themselves out of the sewer finally after years and years of heartbreak. A Jacksonville Jaguars fan. The light is at the end of the tunnel. That's
0: so, not even heartbreak. They just suck. Yeah. Like besides 2017, <laughs> okay. I, I, they okay, just yeah.
1: sucked. That's fair. That's fair. I was about to say, 2017, that sucked. But You're right. For the most part, they just didn't bad. Like You haven't even really got to the points where you can really have What's like What's your best memory? Uh, like. Of Jaguars
2: football, like what era do you look back and go, those were the glory days? Because you're kind of on the younger side, so of, I, I yeah, you don't remember, French Yeah, Hill, right? so
0: I was too young re- really for like the the 14 2 year where they lost the, <laughs> in the playoffs, or uh, I was way too young for the Broncos playoff win. Um, so I was born in 93, um, so I'm basically as old as the team is. Um, I like. The funny moment, do you guys remember when the Saints pulled back Cal Stanford and then John Carney missed the extra point? Like, I vividly remember that. Um, But to be completely honest with you, and I tell people all the time, like, I, like, pretty much checked out on them for a couple reasons. Like, one of which is I'm actually from Gainesville, which is an hour and a half away. So I'm a much bigger Gator fan than I'm a Jaguars fan. And there was a lot more success in, you know, when I was in high school in 2009, 2008, 2009, um, than there was for the Jags. So to be honest with you, in sort of like a weird, like sob story-esque way, the 2017 team really like brought me back to like sort of like being a Jags fan and like enjoying pro football and like all that sort of stuff. And that sort of coincides with, Sort of starting to work in football and starting to, to be a little bit more open to the NFL in general. Obviously, you guys, you guys know I work in college football. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the NFL is stuffy and, and stuff like that sort of classically. But as I sort of noticed the NFL evolving and, 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 you know, being more open schematically and stuff like that, that sort of coincided with the Jags getting good, which also coincided with the fact that I had moved from Florida and, and you know, hated my life in Connecticut and was looking for any and all connection home. So, you know, the Jags got good for that year and it was really, really fun. And then the last three years, I I have a similar like I
2: I have a similar relationship with the Panthers where I like kind of checked out. And then 2011 happened. But it was Cam Newton bringing me back. It wasn't Blake Bortles. So that's a little that's like
0: way more sad. Yeah, like I was like, – like when Tebow's was with the Broncos, like I would have called myself more of a Broncos fan at that point in time, that year, than, than – Oh, so
2: so the Trevor Lawrence experience is going to be really new to you if uh, Blake Bortles yes. and Tim Tebow were your guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've come a long way. Like Blake Bortles got a contract extension, and now Trevor's coming. So I, I guess we can kind of – we can kick this off with – how do Jaguars fans feel? Know that someone like Trevor Lawrence is about to be the quarterback of your team in about four weeks. From
0: the second, the Jets <laughs> beat the Rams that day. And then I guess the next week beat the, uh, beat the Browns. Yeah. Like, I just, I cannot explain. It's a very weird feeling. Like, so, so, they, so Jaguars week one, they beat the Colts week one. And I was like, hmm, there might be something here. Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously, there was nothing there. Um, you know, you're trying to figure out if Minshew is really, like, you, you know, if, if Minshew's actually something. Um, and obviously, he turns, in, he turns into Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, and then the season sort of goes on. So, like, by October, they went, they went into, like, a hellish stretch when um, they played, like, the Vikings and the Ravens and the Steelers within like in the same month during the season. So when they had lost, like up until that stretch, I was like, shit, man, there may be, they may be like looking at a top three pick here. Um, Because I knew they weren't going to beat, you know, the Vikings. They weren't going to beat the Steelers or whatever. And obviously they did not. Um and so you know the, the momentum the snowball starts building you know the opposite direction towards like the number one pick and, and watching Tankathon and and every week and all that sort of stuff. And so I like Charles has been in my apartment. I, I have like a three TV setup that goes on Sundays. So because I'm in New York, we get the Jets games locally. So, for, like, multiple weeks on end, <laughs> I know this is going to sound God, like the saddest <laughs> thing possible. At 1 p.m., baby, I got the Jags up on the main screen, and I got the Jets up on the side screen, and I'm watching both teams, both games, um, at the same time. And then, like, obviously, like, I'm texting Charles about the Jets because this was before Charles he even made the move over to, to USA Today, and so, like, I could, like, fucking yell about the Jets with Charles because he's actually watching the Jets game, too. So, like... It, th- there were some bleaks. The, the, the week the Raiders pulled that hail mary off, guys, I, I did not. You were like, I was like, there is no way, <laughs> there is no way the fucking Jets are winning a football game. You have got to be kidding me. Were- you're like um, a depressed Scott Hansen. Like, that's the saddest Red Zone
1: channel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the anti-Red Zone channel. <laughs> and like, the, the
0: thing is, you, like, it, I think it would be different if it was last year, for instance, where there's not you know, a number one quarterback. But, it, like, I, I cover college football. Like, I have known about Trevor Lawrence since he was, like, 15 years old. <laughs> I remember, like, I, I my buddy, Buddy Elliott, who covers recruiting for 247, I remember distinctly, Trevor Lawrence was a junior in high school, and he was like, yeah, this guy can start for multiple college teams right now. That was when he was at the Elite 11 quarterback camp. Like, I have known about this guy. I, I almost call him a kid because that's what I'm used to. I have known about Trevor Lawrence for so long, and I have, like, really been interested in – you know, the, the the career progression he has had. And it has been to this point sort of NFL LeBronish. He has been every single thing promised, basically every single step of the way. And when when the Chags secured the number one pick, it is just it's a very weird feeling of relief on like multiple fronts. Because it's not just like holy shit, I may be set for the next decade of Sundays legitimately watching good football. But it's also like, I don't have to care about the draft. And like, like I'll give Urban Meyer and the Jags brass this credit. They have not tried any smokescreen, any malarkey. I mean, they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. And there has been never any doubt. And so I have deeply enjoyed this draft process because there is zero gray area in who they're gonna pick.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like over the past few weeks, I almost feel like media coverage of Trevor Lawrence has stopped. Like
0: Yeah, like since the pro day, like it's done.
1: Was there a talk about? And I think the point about you the point you made about him being, you know, this this college football version of LeBron in the sense that every step of the way he's delivered is important. I mean, I was just looking at the stats right now. As a freshman, as a freshman quarterback, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions, 38 touchdowns, or 36 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Uh, as a sophomore, and then last year in 10 games, 24 touchdowns and five interceptions. And each year, his yards per attempt is going up. His adjusted yards per attempt is going up. I mean, it's about like as bulletproof a case you can make for a quarterback prospect. I, I think that you can make. And, and on top of the throwing ability, he, he can run like crazy too. And I think that, It's also interesting because I feel like Trevor Lawrence is a really good cultural fit in Jacksonville. Yeah. Like
0: that's like people are like, Oh, nobody wants to live in Jacksonville. First and foremost, the people who say nobody wants to live in Jacksonville have never been and are never going to go to Jacksonville. First and foremost, when you actually talk to people in NFL front offices, they're like, yeah, all three of the Florida teams are like virtually the same because they're all next to the beach and they have no state income tax. Like, the, the Florida teams are all sort of lumped in there. Now, obviously, the Bucks have Tom Brady, so it's a different story. But, yeah. like, the, the whole, like, no free agents ever want to go to Jacksonville thing, it's not because it's Jacksonville. Like, the most popular free agent destination I'd imagine for the next decade is going to be Kansas City, man. And, like, Kansas City's fun. The food's great, but it's also in Kansas. And, right. Like, a lot. Like, the free agents a go to Buffalo, New York, man. And I get it. And Bills Mafia, and it's a lot of fun, and the wings are great. But Buffalo is not this metropolis that Jacksonville is. and the Jaguars
2: have had some success getting free agents. Like they got Malik Jackson, they got Calais Campbell, they got AJ Boye. Yeah.
0: it's not. I'm just yeah. like, have you ever have you ever been to Charlotte? <laughs> Come on now.
2: Hey, don't bring the Panthers into this.
0: <laughs> but like you said earlier, there's like something.
2: To be said about getting a franchise quarterback for the first time and like the Jaguars have never had that guy where they drafted him early and he was like a legit prospect like Blake Bortles was obviously a third round pick and Blaine Gabbard was a what was he 11th 9th but those guys never even really looked the part I guess Bortles kind of did in that second season but. The Jaguars have been around for a long time and their best quarterbacks have been Mark Brunel, who was like a fifth string quarterback for the Packers before he came to Jacksonville. And then David Garrard, who was someone that no one really had ever heard of when he was in college. So this is different.
0: I like, I think that there is Trevor Lawrence has an opportunity to be like an absolute folk hero. Like Gardner Minshew won like five games. (laughs) <laughs> and he was on every like marketing, like he had a blood light campaign, like, you know, Minshew magic, like all my friends have the Minshew magic t-shirt. And, and like, you know, like you don't have to do a lot for that community to really rally around you. Like 2017 was, was so fun because I like all of my friends from home, like everybody's jacked up about the Jags, like on Sundays. and like, that's the thing. Um, it, Trevor does does not have to be, uh Trevor Lawrence does not have to be even what it seems like his ceiling could be to be an absolutely beloved figure in Jacksonville. Like Gardner Minshew is going to be weirdly like this like pulp like folk hero for Jags fans, I think, for a long time because of what he did and how it looked and like the time in which he inhibited sort of bridging between whatever the hell 2018 and 2019 really were um and and trevor lawrence which is sort of like has the opportunity to be a fine uh uh franchise like. and that
2: same fan that same so, fan base like glommed on to blake bortles just because he like drank beers like that's probably a big yeah. reason why he got that <laughs> extension was because he was like just a guy
1: and I, I think if you look at trevor's uh response to the little nods x tweets I think that he'll find another base in Jacksonville that will also be <laughs> very friendly to him. And, and did, oh, wait, I actually have not seen this. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he, he was basically like, I, "Have you seen the Lil Nas he, X?" He, oh, yeah, I, I've seen Lil Nas X tweets. I have not seen <laughs> yeah, Trevor's response to Trevor, Trevor was basically like, "This is too far." Like, where where are we standing like morally with this? Basically, I'm like, "Oh god." Uh, or, Trevor said the line has to be drawn somewhere. SMH. So I think that that is also going to buy some fans in the deep south <laughs> in Jacksonville too. So. Yeah, just shut up and dribble. <laughs> <laughs> so now that Trevor Lawrence is in the fold, you got Urban Meyer as a head coach, who I don't think would be here if the Jags did not have the number one overall pick and a quarterback prospect like Trevor Lawrence wasn't waiting for him. Now that you have these two things in place and they're starting to build out the roster a little bit, what do you think is a realistic timeline for this team to get back into the playoffs?
0: So, okay. So there's a couple things. Um, sort of the 30,000 foot forces at work for, of the fact that they're on the harder side of the, of the NFL, um, like even though there is the seventh playoff game, like dude, look at the quarterbacks in the AFC, like and and let's say one of uh, let, let's say Justin Fields also pans out, or or maybe Zach uh, Zach Wilson pans out, whoever the Jets take at two, like you've got uh, the Jets have a quarterback that pans out, the Jags have a quarterback that pans out. Um, obviously, I guess Josh Allen's good now. Um, Patrick Mahomes, like that's four right there. Um, Deshaun Watson, Texans, who knows. But like, you're going to have to deal with some pretty good quarterbacks um, in the AFC and Lamar, obviously. You're going to have to deal with some pretty good quarterbacks in the AFC. So 30,000 foot level forces at work um, to to keep them out of the playoffs are just sort of curious to think about. Um, In the division, like the Titans are taking a step back. I don't really care. Um, the Colts are old reliable. Okay, I get it. Um, the Wentz thing, we'll see. And the Texans are bottoming out. They had a really good Deshaun Watson last year and they sucked. They may not have that really good Deshaun Watson this year. They're going to suck. So, like, there is a road here for the Jags to sneak into a wild card berth, perhaps. I mean, everybody knows how quickly fortunes can change in the NFL, particularly with an infusion of the roster. But I, I think that maybe this is that year where they're like actually this franchise needs to be in it in December before anything else. Like they need to play meaningful football in December. Um, That would be a a really big breath of fresh air to get to a week or two before Christmas and, and, and seeing the shot like, like um, like what, what the Cardinals did last year, right. Where the Cardinals were like for two weeks, Kyler Murray was, um, you know, Kyler Murray is an MVP candidate and they're on Sunday Night Football and, and all that kind of stuff. And you get to December, yes, they petered out. But like that, that would be a marked upgrade for the Jags based on the last couple of years. years. So, so that was
2: year two for Kyler and Cliff. If that's what the Jaguars look at, look like at the end of year two, how are you feeling as a Jags fan?
0: I think you still feel pretty good because the, they're still good. The Jaguars are still going to have all the, the contracts that they've sort of made um, this this free agency period actually gives them a ton of leverage again in two years um, when obviously the cap will have skyrocket because the TV deal actually kicks in. Um, and then they're, it's not like they're paying anybody that's currently that was currently on the roster before March. So, like, the Jags will still retain – this hopefully this cap flexibility and all that kind of stuff and hope also hopefully because they've got what seven picks or whatever in the first three round for the first four rounds this year, um, they will have a good player or two um in combination with Trevor that is in-house and all that kind of stuff. Um I think one of the really interesting things um that I was listening to Robert May's podcast, buddy Robert Mays. He was talking to Louis Riddick about how like teams that sign their players in house. Like, that's a big message to the team. And that sort of builds a lot of like long term equity with the players on your team. Um, that's where the Jags obviously have struggled so mightily for the last three or four years. Um, everybody walked, everybody walked besides Miles Jacks. Lord knows why Miles Jack resigned that contract. but Thank God he did, because he's basically the only player worth a damn on that side of the ball who's got a fairly long term deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, what what was the last first round? Was Bortles the last first round pick to sign a second contract with the team?
0: Yes, I w- I would have to look back on that, but I actually think it's yeah, a- yeah, cause,
1: yeah.
0: Because Leonard of him left. Was Ramsey
1: Ramsey left
0: Ram- Ramsey left. Leonard left. Uh, yeah, Ramsey Ramsey was the
2: only yeah. Caldwell pick.
0: Oh no, Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson. Wait, he was a second round. He was the second, second round pick. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I think we're looking at like Taven Bryan, Luke Jokel, Taven Bryan. I
0: do not. I do not believe Taven Bryan is going to sign into the, the contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, well, but we
1: have. So we haven't seen Urban Meyer do this at the at the NFL level. We've been away from college football even for a while. Like how, how confident are we in the long term future of Jags with Urban at the helm?
0: So I actually don't think the on-field product is going to be that bad. Um, Mm -hmm. I am interested in how this Seahawks – basically the Jags have structured their coaching staff. It's Seahawks coaches on offense. It's Ravens and college coaches on defense Um, to paint with a broad brush. I am actually interested in how the Seahawks coaches, offensive coaches do when they're not coaching for Pete Carroll. I'm very curious about that. Um, on defense, similar. Um, I, I, I think all three of us really dig what the Ravens do on defense, how they structure their fronts, how aggressive they are, all that kind of stuff. You've seen the Jags obviously bet fairly big on defensive line play, Tyson Alualo notwithstanding. Um, the Jaguars are going to have to draft a bunch of corners. I was talking to Robert Mays again about – I was talking to Robert Mays about this. He was like, look, they just need to do what the Bucks did, which is just draft." a bunch of defensive backs with like three years in a row and hope one hits. Um, So I say that to say, I'm not terribly worried about the on the field stuff, the off the field stuff though, all of it is what I am very curious about. And that goes from how Trent Balky and Urban Meyer are going to manage the salary cap and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, how they're going to actually work together. Urban Meyer has final say on personnel, but it seems like he's deferring pretty heavily to Trent Baalke. But obviously we've seen and we know that Trent Baalke is not exactly the easiest person in the world to work with. Um, but then again, he was working with Jim Harbaugh who is not exactly the easiest person in the world to work with. So there's that stuff going on. Um, there are Urban's faux pas to put it very lightly. We saw the Chris Doyle bullshit that they tried to pull without a PR staff and and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and the fallout from that is that the Jags actually hired a uh, public personnel, public relations professional, I should say, um, very, very quickly after that, um, that fiasco, which was absolutely ridiculous. And Urban tried to pull one, pull a fast one on all of us. So, you know, I don't know, is, is Urban going to end up doing similar to what he did at Florida and Ohio state, which is taking swings on some guys who are pretty, pretty questionable with what they have in in their packs off the field. I don't know. So, it's the off-field stuff that keeps me up at night with with Urban Meyer and the Jaguars experiment. Okay, I looked it up.
2: Eugene Monroe was the last first-round pick to get a second contract. And before him, it What year was that? Uh 20 uh 2009 and before him Mercedes Lewis. I think wow. I think you were 13 when that happened. <laughs>
1: Eugene Monroe, that's a throwback name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow didn't the guy get into like weed farms or yeah something yeah like that yeah. I oh, that's amazing you know I, i'm I'm kind of interested to see what the jaguars defense looks like this year because if they're going to take like the same blueprint from the ravens and you're starting from a place where all right we got maybe some dudes in the secondary we got at least like two confirmed veteran starters with rayshon jenkins and uh Shaquille Griffin? is it? Yeah, Shaq Griffin. One of the Shaq Griffin. One of the Shaq
0: Griffins. The (laughs) the starter Shaq Griffin.
1: Yeah. So you got that. You got C.J. Henderson. Like, I kind of like the idea of, like, let's just throw this all to the fire. We're going to blitz the hell out of everybody and just see, like, who can actually play as we start to to build this thing. But I, I just think it's kind of a fun thing when you're a team that's that bad. Just let's just throw everyone in the fire. See who can play, and then we'll kind of mold this thing as we keep going. Because I don't really see a better plan on defense for the Jaguars this year, besides like we're just gonna have to throw numbers into the pocket and try to get sacks that way.
0: Yeah, I like. I'm like, look, just hold somebody under thirty points. Like that's all. <laughs> that's all you gotta do. The I, I love the idea of building the defense front to back. Just personally, I mean, Charles, both of you guys, uh, both of us are trenches guys. Um, I, I think both of us value defensive line play more heavily than secondary I'm plus. a beta and I,
2: yeah. I'm a beta and I like the secondary better. So I'm, I'm gonna, exactly. Uh, yeah. I
0: know. Yeah. I know Ruiz, Ruiz is, 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 <laughs> is slipping the, the PFF Kool-Aid. Um, just get me dudes up front who can go and we'll figure it out on the back end is, is sort of how I've always sort of felt.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if, if Trevor Lawrence is, is as good as advertised, like if he can put up top 15, Quarterback production next year, but I don't think is unreasonable given, like, if, if DJ Chark stays healthy, then that combo should be fire like right out the gate. I mean, I think
0: a lot of people, a lot of people are going to find out about DJ Chark in a big mm-hmm. way this year. Um, draft, if Fantasy draft time, draft DJ Chark for real. Yeah, DJ draft Chark Ch- is sort of in that that baby Allen Robinson. Like, dear God, just get him a quarterback, please.
1: You know, I was I was about to ask like how. Possible is it for the Jaguars to get into the playoffs now that we have seven teams? But the AFC did a little bit better than I remember because the, the Colts were the seven seed at eleven and five. So, you know, I think that might be a tough stretch. To yeah, if, hey, like, if they
0: were in the NFC, a little bit of a different story. But yeah, they're in the AFC. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough.
1: Yeah, I I, I do think that Jaguars fans should at least expect this team to be better than the Texans because I mean, good <laughs> God almighty, with that, so. We we all know what's going on in Houston. None of you
2: you watch college football. You've seen all these quarterbacks probably more than me and Chuck have as NFL writers. Is there any part of you that's worried that some of these other guys might end up better than Lawrence? Or are you just like Lawrence is the pick? It doesn't matter. I don't care about anyone else.
1: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human
0: remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. As as far as who the Jaguars should take or will
2: take? Uh, Yeah, we know they're going to take Lawrence, but is there any part of you that thinks that, oh, maybe Fields might end up being a better pro or, or Zach Wilson?
0: No, I don't. I don't think there is anything, anything that would make me think that. I mean, I, more than anything, I think that Trevor Lawrence's floor is just way higher than all those guys. Like, I like me and Chuck. The last couple of days have been sort of talking about Zach Wilson, and I have really, I will say, sort of because I watch a, a lot of college football. Um, I don't. I am still learning how to watch these guys as prospects. I'm still learning how to watch these guys and project what they do on Saturdays forward to Sundays. That's a skill that I'm just working on with all of these guys, um, particularly quarterbacks. And I, I think that with the quarterbacks, when I go back as I have this week, finally started getting up my ass and, and watched Wilson and watched fields you see the things where you're like, mm, I don't know if that's gonna work on Sundays. Like, you, you, I'm watching right now in my other tab. I have Justin Fields, maybe the best game of the season before the bowl, um, which is against Nebraska. And he was like 25 for 26, and the ball like barely hit the ground. The one incompletion was incredible, and you know, I remember that being an incredible performance, and it was an incredible performance. They beat the hell out of Nebraska that day, but also. Like, the, the video that I sent Chuck, which is, I mean, he just missed a wide open tight end coming across the middle, panicked, ate it, and took a sack. And you're like, dude, that's not going to work. Like, when you watch Zach Wilson, you're like, okay, the, the bombs against Boise State are awesome. But this dude has enough t- time to file his taxes in the pocket. Like, it's not going to work at the next – it's not going to work in that way in the next level. So I just think the floors on those guys – and one of these days I'll finally watch Trey Lance. I think the floors on those guys are just lower in a way that that, to me, defines sort of NFL success. How low is your floor um, more than how high is your ceiling? I think these guys all have – Pretty high ceilings. Like, I think they've got high ceilings where you can really work with them. But the floors, man, how low is? The and I think with Lawrence, like he was
2: in an easy offense with Clemson. I mean, it's Clemson. They're in the the playoffs every year. Yeah, it's
0: it's look on this side <laughs> of the field, look on that side of the field, and but
2: he still managed to flash the NFL level stuff every now and then, despite that situation he was in through no fault of his own. Where I didn't see that with Wilson much, like I. Obviously he has the throws on the run, the deep throws against Boise that you referenced. But to me, those aren't NFL pockets that he's throwing from. And it's an off platform throw, but it's an off platform throw by his own volition. Like he's not being forced into that.
0: Exactly. Like how, like there there is something to be said for playing off structure, uh, out of structure, but is it out of structure because it all went to hell or is it out of structure because you took it out of structure? Like that's the difference. Like Mac
2: Jones rolling to his left and throwing on his pro day, like it's an off platform throw, but he still gets to set his feet how he wants. Whereas if there is Von Miller chasing after Mac Jones, he's not gonna get to set his feet. He's gonna have to throw like off platform totally. He's probably not even gonna get to throw off.
0: Exactly. And I like, I know the pro day throw Zach Wilson's pro day throw. Everybody's obsessed with it. Like, look, I have my own opinion about pro days. Um, But it's just, it's sort of a similar thing. Like when you are in control of the timing, it looks awesome. But when you're not, then what?
1: Yep. Uh, It's kind of interesting to me because I feel like we're all assuming that Zach Wilson Gets taken second overall by the New York Jets. I think that that's a pretty safe assumption that we can make at this point. Like, hey, outside of Becton, uh, that often defines exactly the Avengers. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, like, it, like if for people who are dubious about Zach Wilson's ability to play in NFL pockets, like you're going to see that right away because not only if they pick if they pick him second overall, he's going to start. Like they haven't signed a veteran quarterback, and I think their backup would be James Morgan in the event that Sam Darnold's traded. So Zach Wilson's going to be the week one starter, but man, like he's got some questions to answer. And we're going to find out real quick about how he handles NFL pressure because from a left guard through right tackle, he's probably going to see a a good bit of it. Uh, But before we move on to these mailback questions, any final parting shots on the Jaguars in the future, Richard?
0: I like, I don't know, man, like I am excited for this team. Like I, I, and it's weird to be excited in a different way than talking yourself into how they can go eight and eight. Um, you know, the the twenty eighteen was cr- the, the the off season before twenty eighteen was crazy because you were like these guys are going to fucking Super Bowl. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is like this is this is fundamentally different because it's like the, there is a long term future here that that you can see playing out, um, and it's exciting to it's exciting and also sort of weird um to to go into free agency particularly with like all this money and to go into the draft with all of these picks it's it's funny because in, in ways, both good and bad, you can project the entire thing, right? Like, it, it, it would be a different story if they were completely hamstrung on one side of the ball with bad contracts or aging veterans or something like that. But they had a ton of cap space. so You can say, oh, well, they're just going to spend on offensive players. like Whatever. Like, no. Like, they have nothing on the roster, basically, they have, particularly on defense. They have all this space. All these picks like it is I mean it's it's fantasy football it's 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 your second season of map after you get rid of everybody Um, this is this is it's it's a fun time to be a Jacksonville Jaguars fan which is uh, which is interesting to say
1: all right Uh, let's move on to the mailback questions we got a ton not going to get close to answering all of them but we did pick out a few that stood out among the questions asked Uh, the first question from Hayden Winks from the formerly uh, the website formerly known as world I have no idea what it's called now, whatever it's, it's called. It's like now. some, like,
0: pro-edge oh, edge. shit. Oh, like, yeah, it's a football edge or something I like that. I saw it on my timeline, and I, was, I saw the, the emblem on my timeline, and I was like, what, when did I find like, this? And then I clicked on it, and I was like, oh, it's, it's right. like a gas station sex yeah. pill. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sports <laughs> edge.
1: <laughs> if you're, uh, if you're, the question is, if you're baby arm Joe Burrow, who are you telling the Bengals to draft at five?
0: Just take Penny Sewell. Just yeah.
1: give me time to throw the ball. Like, come on. Uh, yeah, Like, I, w- I would say, uh, did you see the last play that I had <laughs> in the NFL last year? Yeah. Uh, can we get Sewell over here to protect the blind side? And then look. you, you can kind of figure out the rest with Jonah Williams and Riley, Riley Reef as you want. But like, Jonah Williams is not going to stop you from taking Penny Sewell fifth overall. And they need all the offensive divine help that they can get. Now, I know that there are Bengals fans who – would be interested in, like, Kyle Pitts or DeMar Chase. But, look, you guys have failed for so long to put together an offensive line, and now you guys have a quarterback that you think can be the savior. Look, it's not like their wide receiver room is completely empty, but their offensive line room is completely empty. So uh I think you take a stool and just and, be done with it. It's
2: and not, not
1: having an offensive line prevents you from
2: doing the things that Joe Burrow does best. Like, going into empty, which is LSU basically lived in empty that year. He was there. And the Bengals tried to replicate that, and he got killed every week. So you need you need some protection. That's the only way you can get the most out of Burrow, in my opinion.
0: But I will say, like, like the thing with Burrow is you sort of do see it. Like the Jags played them um, in in Cincinnati, and he led like a, a late drive or some shit like that. Um, and I remember thinking, like, all right, like I can see it. But the other thing is, like, I my Joe Burrow is. Uh, my Joe Burrow is 2019 LSU Joe Burrow. So I'm used to, uh, like you guys are talking about the empty, like that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah. So I, I think we all yeah. agree. And my pick, if you were going to take a skill player, I would go with Pitts over chase just because I don't, I'm not as sure about chase compared to the other receivers. Whereas
0: Pitts is just like in a class. You guys are both, you guys are both chase truthers. Right. Um, but be that no, as really. I, like, I personally, I think Kyle Pitts is the best player in the draft. Same. To the quarterback. Like I literally, I'm like, if the Jags didn't need a quarterback, I wouldn't take Kyle Pitts. I mean, I'd say, I think he's
2: the best football player in the class.
0: Like, obviously, yeah. In fact,
2: I'm only kind I mean, of joking
1: when I say that. And even to another step, I don't know who's starting a tight end for the Bengals right now. So I think that, <laughs> that, that is awesome indication that maybe if they want to take Kyle Pitts, Uh, That wouldn't be such a bad pick. And our lads are telling me that Drew Sample is the Bengals starting tight end. I think Kyle Pitts is a a little bit of a better player than he is. Uh, Next question from our pal Betts at Chalkboard. And let me talk about Betts' username for a little bit because I was trying to tweet at him yesterday, and I tried to type in Chalkboard, and I realized that's actually an uppercase I instead of an L. Is it really? Okay. Yeah.
0: So this has happened to me too. When I've searched for him – and I can't figure out why it's not working. And that's why.
1: Yep. All right. So that's stopping the fraud. Uh, the question is, or it's kind of a question. Describe an incredible play you remember from a random prospect and never did shit. Bonus points for offensive line or in, interior defensive line. I'll start because I, I have one that came to mind. Uh, back when I first started writing about this you know, football, NFL draft, whatever, I watched, like, 300 players for the draft. Something that I will like I, I will never do again. Because uh, I thought that's what you had to do. You had to grind and really get in there, and I realized that that's just not true whatsoever. Uh, but there was this nose tackle for ECU named Terry Williams, and this guy was, like, he was listed at 6'1", but I don't think he was, like, more than, like, 5'10", 5'11", but he was, like, 340 pounds and just, like, an absolute tank. Uh, and I don't remember what team they were playing, but he had a play where he like got off the line real quick, bull rush the sp- center, hit a spin, and then sacked the quarterback. And I was like, holy shit, Like this guy's about to be the best nose tackle ever. And then he got in trouble with some stuff and just never popped up anywhere. So that's my uh, my prospect that didn't do anything.
2: I think my pick is Hakeem Butler. He had that one play. Against, I think it was against Iowa. No, no, he, he was on Iowa State. Uh, I forget what team it was. It might have been Oklahoma State. Where he, like, mossed one dude and, like, stiff-armed two other guys and then ran into the end zone. And that was the only time I was ever like, oh, I might be in trouble because I have all these tweets saying Hakeem Butler sucks. But it turns out that <laughs> I didn't have to worry about that. He never even made a team.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am uh, – We're putting you on the spot. I mean, it. De- I know, and it depends because, like, I just – watch a lot of college football um, there are there are a few Dante Fowler plays because I, I covered that team when I was in college there are a few Dante Fowler plays that you're like whoa holy shit there's a lot yeah. of Dominic Easley plays um, from that Florida team in that 2012 2013 where you're like whoa um, this dude can really go and then obviously you know Dante Fowler's, uh, uh Dominic Easley's you know leg exploded multiple times
1: yeah I uh- <laughs> You know, I the, I remember one Fowler play so vividly. I think it was the bowl game versus ECU, and there's a puller, and he like decleated I know exactly what you're talking. About. You, did you know what that I'm name. talking about? It's in the Birmingham. It's in the Birmingham Bowl. It's, his it's last the Birmingham Bowl. In <laughs> he decleated some puller, and I was like, okay, I, I I can see why people are a fan of this. Like, I was a little confused because I didn't think like, like the past was were there, but like as a fear pure, pure physical specimen there's there's definitely some foul plays we're like i definitely see why people are are about this and interested in this uh next question from Effie mccorkle Fair to say, if Kyle Shanahan takes Mac Jones at three, he doesn't see cousins. He sees more Ryan, Rivers, or Warner, specifically Warner and Rivers. What do you think separates Mac from those guys trait wise? (laughs) Dude, sorry. I I was (laughs) going to say, I don't think anything does. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. We got to get the last sentence. Sorry, really trying to talk myself into McCorkle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll say this
1: I don't think they're drafting Mac Jones.
0: Like, please don't, don't, please. I think they're drafting, I think they're moving up there to draft Justin Fields. I'm just like, or Trey Lance. Like, and I have to watch more Lance, but I'm just like, in what fucking (laughs) universe are you trading up to draft Mac Jones? Are you crazy? (laughs) And I like I know that everybody, I know that everybody's sort of like, you know, like the, the team sources around the league think they're moving up to to draft Mac Jones. And then I hit somebody up with an NFL team and I was like, are you one of these like team sources? He was like, "Fuck no, they're going to take Justin Fields." Like, I, so I, I think it's an elaborate smokescreen that they're going to take uh, Mac Jones.
1: Yeah, uh, I just I can't see myself do it. It just makes no sense. Like, why are you trading all those picks to get Mac Jones? And you know, <laughs> this guy for <laughs> for what, what separates Mac from Warner and Rivers? I mean, a lot, but not in the way that you're thinking. Uh, I think Warner and Rivers are a good deal better. And like, if you just watch Phil rivers tape at MC state, like it's a lot better right. than Mac Jones' tape. At It's Alabama. also, so it, I don't, it's think. also
2: not like 2000 anymore where they could just have as many practice reps as they wanted. Like now there's a CBA that protects players kind of, and you don't get those reps and it's hard to like Tom Brady drafted in 2020 probably doesn't become Tom Brady. The same exact prospect. Yeah. And like a part of me wants them to draft Mac Jones for the tweets, but like the, the football watcher in me does not want to have to watch Shanahan's offense with another mediocre quarterback again.
0: Like give us a good quarterback. Just like, why would you like, why would you at three, why would you take the player? Who's not as good. <laughs> like you, I am like, okay. I understand steam fits and like, he's not as good as Justin. Like he's just not. Like, <laughs> come on! Like, don't sit here and tell me that Mac Jones is as good as Justin Fields. That's not true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really, it really is that simple. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. And look, if if they actually pull Mac Jones at three, I think we get to start putting Kyle Shanahan <laughs> at that also, like, because the that, other, that's something that will get you fired. <laughs> the
0: other thing is like so. The other thing is we know that Kyle Shanahan wants a guy who he can just Sean McVay quarterback on the sideline, right? He wants a guy who can be in structure – who the fuck is more in, in structure than Justin Fields? Like, right. <laughs> to his detriment, he might be too in
2: structure. The pitch for Mac Jones is like this processing. And I think that's, it's probably a lot of racism that goes into it, but that's like, that's what you're selling <laughs> is processing, mental processing. Why are we putting him in an offense that's made for dummies at quarterback anyway? Like <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo has no process and he, he
1: looked great in this offense. Mac Jones. Got him to the right, Bowl, Just a waste. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Just Kyle. Just don't. Uh Next question from uh, Derek G underscore, which teams are the biggest frauds heading to 2021? And I think that we touched on it a little yep. bit earlier, but the Titans. Yes. Come on. Like this, this, yes. this, this team, they've kind of lost a lot. They lost, uh, Johnny Smith, Corey Davis, offensive coordinator Arthur Smith is that coach of the Falcons now. Like, I think that this should very much be a team that people are like, eh, let's let, let's like measure our expectations. They're also
2: a year removed from losing Dean Pease, who I thought was like their MVP during that playoff run when they went to the AFC championship. So they've lost both coordinators. And I like Mike Rabel, to me, seems like a CEO type or just like a rah-rah coach. I don't know if he's going to be able to make up for those losses.
0: The thing, with, I will say the thing with Vrabel is it seems like Vrabel was the only, before Flores, Vrabel was the only Patriots coach that like, that was actually. Oh, perfect. for sure. Um, so, you know, and then Flores obviously has, has proved his worth. Um, so I actually sort of believe in Vrabel. I just don't really believe in, in the rest of it. Like the team itself. Um, it, first of all, it's built on a flawed concept that's not germane to the modern game. Um, so at some point in time, God love him, Derek Henry is going to get hurt. Like, it's just going to happen. Um, or he's going to take a step back and not rush for 2,500 yards. Um, the other thing is they couldn't rush the passer last year. So, and it
1: doesn't seem like they fixed that. Yeah. I'm not sure how Bud Dupree really fixed that. Yeah. (laughs)
2: And, like, the thing with Henry is – I know people, like, point to him just trucking dudes. But the thing that's special about him is that he's that big and he moves the way he moves. And he's exactly. not going to move that way for much longer because he was getting, like, a 1,000 carries back in high school.
0: Yeah. Like, he went to high school. He actually went to high school reasonably near Jacksonville. Um, and he he rushed for, like, 400 yards in, like, one high school game. It's, like, insane. Like, he has been – this running back at every single step of the way. And at some point in time, like it's like statistically proven at some point in time that it's just going to break down.
1: Yeah. Uh, next question, which I think is pretty interesting. If you had a team built with only role players, but the best coaching staff possible, what do you think the ceiling would be for that team? And I think we actually got the answer to this last season with the new England Patriots. I mean, they, I mean, in terms of skill players, like what guys did they have that would like be legitimate starters in other teams?
2: I don't even know if you could say they had role players though. Like, what role <laughs> is Gunner Olschowski playing on any other NFL team?
1: <laughs> yeah, I for, I for, you know they, they did go pretty deep. I was thinking like Jacoby Myers. Like, if you I feel like if he's your wide receiver three on some other teams, it's not that bad. But Dude,
2: y- yeah. it was so sad because Jacoby Myers. Like, I was talking with other Cam fans in the DMs. That's what we do now. Uh, and we were so we were so excited about Jacoby Myers. We were like, "Oh, hell yeah, we got a legit wide receiver for Cam." And it was Jacoby Myers.
1: Yep. Yeah,
0: okay. uh, that that was tough. I remember like, you remember the game, I think it was like the Dolphins or whatever, when it was like, man, they're just going to try to 24 to 6 everybody um with Cam and it just that was tough. <laughs> it was tough to watch them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, but in terms of the question, just all role players and like I don't know, Bill Belichick on defense and Kyle Shanahan on offense. Like maybe that team could get to like eight and eight, or like it's eight and nine or nine and eight, which is seventeen the horrible seventeen game schedule. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to think about because it kind of you kind of have to like guess how much. You weigh coaching on you know this group of. Athletes. I'm
2: probably discounting some good players, but like I feel like the 2001 Patriots are probably the the ceiling. I mean, they had like yeah, I was just about ball, to
1: say.
0: But... I was going to say the other Patriots, but yeah, they had a family.
1: They, 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 they had you some are. dudes on, on, the, on the defensive line too. Like Richard Seymour was there. Like that was they had some yeah. some really good dudes on defense. Baghdad Brewski. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. I, yeah, I don't know if you guys get that joke It's from the Show Like every time someone says something bad about the Patriots Brucey just pops up on ESPN Out of nowhere to just slam <laughs> that person uh, Next question from our pal Deontay Lee uh, Which head of coach is, like, is most likely To get a ship stuck in the Suez Canal And why is it Dan Campbell
2: I have the real answer I have the right answer to this question It's not Dan Campbell What's It's Cliff answer.
0: Kingsburg uh, 100%.
2: <laughs> Come on now well, go, go on, Kingsbury, so. like, If you watch the Cardinals, their offense is like, I'm going to try some, to do some cool shit and I don't even care if it works or not. So he's going to, he's going to see the situation. He's going to it's going to be a party yacht, obviously. And he wants the party to keep going. He's like, yeah, we can make it through. Let's do it. Like, I'm and then gonna- they get stuck.
1: I was gonna go with Matt Nagy and Adam. Uh, well, what's the the, uh, the Bears GM's name? Pace. Ryan, Ryan Pace. Pace. Ryan Pace. Because you know, I feel like they're they're the type of team that like you're going in the Suez Canal, you're going straight, everything's fine, and all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, let's take a left turn where there isn't a left turn." Here. <laughs> and you know, they're on the same page. Everyone else is looking like, "What are you guys doing? Like, just stay straight, stay the course." And they're like, "No, we're gonna go left." I was gonna this go brick wall right here. I was and gonna I go. Think right to that's literal. how where the are.
0: I was going to go way too literal and say Belichick because he actually drives boats. He's actually pretty notable for driving boats. Um, and, but I don't know if that equips you to drive. An yeah. He's like a Navy guy. So he probably has an idea.
2: He probably has an inflated idea of his own knowledge of boats. So I could see that.
1: Uh, There's a question we got from uh pal Rivers McCown on Twitter. Uh, Didn't make it to so sheep. I thought it was funny. Let's see if we can do this on the fly. How many players on the Texans can you name right now?
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) I watch watch two Texans games a year at minimum, and I'm not sure. Do do you you have the roster up? (laughs)
1: No, no, I I don't. I don't. I can tell you one though. I know that uh, they have Shaq Lawson on the team because the other day Shaq Lawson got caught like DMing Tiana Trump and asking her to be his. (laughs) So I know that one, Uh, and I know they signed a billion linebackers, but I don't think I can name any of them.
0: Um, Okay, so Stephen, do you have the roster? I'll bring it up. Yeah. Okay. Is Duke Johnson was on this team. Is he still he's on not
1: this? there anymore? Okay, he's not there anymore. Uh, I, can, no. I can give you I can give you three. Shaq Lawson, Brandon Cooks, and David Johnson. Is
2: Vernon, is, Vernon Harger still
0: on that team? Uh, I don't
1: know. He is. That's a he is. question.
2: All right, we're up to five. <laughs> David Johnson is one I would have named before looking at the roster,
1: but he didn't. Oh, the, the linebacker, the good linebacker. Basically, the only good player they have. What's his Cut Cunningham. Cunningham. Okay, right. yeah. He stunk last year, but maybe like. There's an, an, an edge
2: rusher who was good for like three years that you guys should be able to name.
1: He was a first round pick, too. Oh, right.
2: Merciless. Merciless, Merciless. Merciless.
1: That's right. Wow, this team sucks. <laughs> I'm looking at the roster <laughs> now. Oh, my God. Like, and if Watson ends up on one of these, you know, exempt lists, then we might be looking at the first 0 17 team in NFL history.
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> it, really, actually, it really is that bad. I'm going to actually pull it up because I cannot think of any. Pass catcher on this. Brandon game. Cooks is still there. Uh Brandon Cooks is there. Uh, I forgot Randall
2: about Randall Cobb. Cobb. Neither, oh fucking yeah. Neither of those two people should be playing football anymore. Randall Cobb or Brandon <laughs> Cooks. Like
0: especially Brandon Cooks. Like someone has to end it for him. I'm sorry, wow. Ross Blaylock, Ross Blacklock, that's a made up player.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean th- this team is it's it's in a dark place. Like I I am I I would plays with Texans? Yeah, he uh, he got – he signed there last year like a, a one-year deal to get back into the, uh, the uh, you know, the free agent market. and, it just, and He had to stay. So I think he re- – <laughs> <laughs> he, he
2: had to end up like the but... of like, I'd be
1: like, can I crash on your couch for a week and then you're
2: there for like a year. <laughs>
0: That's probably right. <wrote>
2: <laughs> <Martin laughs> I need enough
0: cash yeah. to
1: get an apartment.
0: Dude, they have like nine running backs on this training camp
1: roster. Oh yeah, it's 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 insane. Like, and also, what are you doing with Mark Ingram? Like, why did you sign him and then also sign Philip Lindsay and give David Johnson a new contract? Uh, and I feel like you know, like, Lindsay should be the unquestioned starter there, but the fact that he probably won't be is just this is going to be a mess. And if you walk into the season with you know Tyrod Taylor, I feel like Tyrod is always finding himself in these situations where don't want to activate right. him.
0: I just so, I- this is the yeah, classic. Yeah. They're going to cut. Everybody, Um, they're going to cut everybody week two of the preseason, and you're just going to be like, "Oh, that's where that guy is. Oh, that's where that guy is. Oh, that's where that guy is."
2: is." I'm on the I'm on the R Lads depth chart, and they have the 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 jersey numbers. They have 38 players with zero (laughs) double zero as their jersey number. The state of
1: the roster.
0: They also have like the running backs like drop into like a second like tower second (laughs) line. Yeah, they do.
1: yeah i'm rooting for uh david cully just because look i mean there ain't too many black dudes that get chances to be head coaches in the nfl but good god has he even set up yeah that's in a horrible way and i mean even, even before this the stuff with watson that came out now was out like watson was demanding trade so it, it's just it, it's gotta be stressful but hey millions of dollars i think i can put myself through a little stress for that uh and the last couple of questions, this one's from Vibe Raps. Do the Pats win more games with Cam or Jimmy G at the helm next year? I think I'll go with
2: Yeah, Jimmy. I only put this in because it's, it's a dumb question. It's Cam. Okay. Look <laughs> at the offense they're building. That's not an offense you build for Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a can not an offense. Uh, and the last question, I think. Yeah, last question from our good friend Mina Kimes. What number should Mac Jones wear in Carolina? I said number one. <laughs> Damn! This is
2: just a hurtful <laughs> question, but I have included it because I, I've. We need like an anti number retirement process where you're forced to wear the number of a, a shitty player that came before you until you prove yourself. So I'm giving. <laughs> what him, was Jimmy? Boston that's remember? what. That's where I was going. Yeah, I'm giving him number seven. He has to redeem that number, and then he can choose whatever number he wants.
1: Uh, all right. I think that's all we got. Uh. Richard, before we let you go, plug your stuff, plug what you're working on, where you be.
0: Uh, I am the, the. I guess the main place I am is my podcast split zone duo that I do with Alex Kirshner uh, and friends. It is, uh, we just launched a Patreon. This week, Yeah, sign up for that. Uh, Patreon.com backslash SZD or SplitZoneDuo.com. Uh, we go once a week uh, on the main show during the offseason, twice a week during the season, including the Sunday recap show, which uh, has a lot of scheme talk and has a lot of fun. Uh, but the, the Patreon is something that we're launching, and we're, we're going to put some good content in there as well. Uh, particularly, I'm excited for some college scheme stuff that I'm going to be throwing in there as that platform evolves. Um, I'm on Twitter at RJ underscore rights. Um, that, those are sort of the two main places I am freelancing in way too many places. Um, so go there and, and you'll find my stuff. And hopefully ESPN likes me enough to bring me back for season two, thinking out loud on the SEC network, uh, this fall yet again, Monday nights.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a, a great program. So sign up for the Patreon, ESPN, if you're listening, Bringing back. We probably should have said this earlier, but, uh, Chris Corman's not with us this week to record. Uh, he had to go be a dad today loser uh, you know yeah (laughs) big loser energy big uh, not single not childless energy so hopefully he'll be back next week and uh, yeah appreciate that episode 78 of The Counter is done. up
2: The Counter an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports